Hey everyone, this is Mark Ruffalo, and you're listening to News Coup with Public Herald. Thanks for supporting badass journalism. Be sure to join me and the Public Herald team on September 4th at 6 p.m. for the virtual world premiere of our new documentary, Invisible Hand. Get your tickets at invisiblehandfilm.com. I hope to see you there. One does not necessarily allow the state to define what is legal. Now, the state has the power to enforce a certain concept of what is legal, but power doesn't imply justice or correctness even. Throughout American history, the political leaders have always exhorted the American people to be nice and quiet and leave things to them. But when very serious evils confronted the American people, they had to go beyond the congressmen and the senators, and they had to commit civil disobedience, and they had even to break the law. You're listening to News Coup, a public herald production where we overthrow the status quo. I'm your host, Joshua Perbanek, and today we're going to be hitting on a story that updates our 2019 radioactive leachate investigation, where we find out that the final destination of 66% of liquid waste from 30 municipal landfills who accept fracking soil and gas waste remains unknown. Public Herald will be releasing a series of stories on T-Norm, radioactive leachate, and radioactivity in the oil and gas fields over the course of the next two months. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to News Coup on your favorite podcast channels. The latest that we've discovered in Pennsylvania is that regulators won't tell us where 66% of landfill leachate with radioactive material from fracking is going. What they're saying is that it's private. Oil and gas waste from fracking contains high concentrations of technically enhanced naturally occurring radioactive materials, otherwise known as T-norm. And wherever this radioactive T-norm waste is stored, rain carries water-soluble radionuclides such as radium-226 through the landfill to create what's known as leachate, the landfill's liquid waste. This T-norm-laden leachate is commonly sent to wastewater treatment plants that are not equipped to remove it before it's dumped into rivers. If you're talking about fracking, you're talking about T-norm, which is present throughout the process in waste streams like pipe scale, sludge, drill cuttings, wastewater, and contaminated equipment. What starts as naturally occurring radioactive material, norm, contained deep beneath the Earth's surface, is brought to the surface by fracking and concentrated into T-norm. Public Herald has made several attempts with the Pennsylvania Department of Environmental Protection to verify the destination of landfill leachate containing T-norm. But DEP stopped responding to our inquiries after we published the August 2019 statewide report on how fracking's radioactive waste enters public waters. Our team has since been forced to rely on delayed right-to-know law requests and DEP's limited online data. And from what our team in 2020 has discovered, we now know and mapped the whereabouts of 34% of leachate from a limited number of landfills accepting fracking, oil, and gas waste in Pennsylvania. And what this map does is it shows you the, the potential routes and impacts of T-norm, of radium-226, 
from leachate into Pennsylvania's waterways. Uh, what you're going to see is all of the 30 landfills across the state, exactly where they are and what watershed, what stream, what creek is connected to that landfill and whether or not based on a violation history that we've been able to review, if we understand that the waterway could be not impacted, less likely impacted, possibly impacted, or most likely impacted. For the 18 wastewater treatment plants that are on the map, um, you'll see all of the waterways connected to them. They will all be aligned in red as most likely impacted due to the fact that we have no results from the Pennsylvania DEP from their 2016 T-norm study that show that any of the the leachate coming out of the landfill is free of T-norm. It all contains uh, generally high levels of T-norm, usually between 100 to 400 picocuries per liter. And those discharges from those landfills to the sewage plants can be upward of 100,000 gallons to 200,000 gallons of that stuff a day. And the system that is doing this is one that's being governed by the Pennsylvania DEP. So what you're looking at is what the Pennsylvania DEP has created, which they are calling safe and are also restricting our data. Basically, in 2019, DEP responded to us telling us that there were 13 landfills who were holding oil and gas waste from fracking and that there was 14 wastewater treatment plants that were taking on the leachate from these landfills and discharging into streams. But in 2020, when we researched all of this information and we went through DEP's data, what we ended up finding was that there's actually 30 landfills in Pennsylvania who are accepting oil and gas waste from fracking, and there are 18 wastewater treatment plants who are accepting leachate so far and discharging into a public waterway. What that ended up telling us is that Based on DEP's response in 2019, uh, we were missing 17 landfills and four wastewater treatment plants. And it begs the question of whether the state really has a handle on tracking T-norm-laden leachate, or is the lack of transparency an attempt to keep the public uninformed. Pennsylvania is known as one of the largest traffickers of waste in the country, producing and importing large amounts of waste for its 45 landfills. The 30 residual waste landfills we've identified that have accepted fracking's T-norm waste now actively store dangerous amounts of T-norm material, mainly radium-226. In the last response we received from DEP, Director of Communications Neil Shader told us he wanted to assure the public that there are very strict regulations as to how much radioactive or hot material a landfill can accept. There are radiation meters at active landfills. There's only a certain amount that they are allowed to accept uh, per year. It varies by landfill. Of course, each landfill is different. But I would like to make sure that people are comfortable knowing that there's only so much radioactive material of any source, mind you, uh, that can be accepted by any individual landfill. Shader wanted to be clear the DEP will work with anyone who has a complaint about discharge to be sure a facility's National Pollutant Discharge Elimination System permit, an NPDES permit, is brought into compliance. 
The problem is that an NPDES permit compliance in these cases doesn't include regular monitoring for radioactivity. What this means is that leachate, which DEP itself has shown is high in radionuclides, is not being tested as it's being discharged daily from a wastewater treatment plant to Pennsylvania rivers. For tracking radium, radium-226 is a naturally occurring element found in oil and gas waste with a half-life of 1,600 years. It will accumulate in the environment over time if it can escape a landfill, as it does when a landfill leachate is sent to a wastewater treatment plant. The maximum contaminant level for radium in drinking water is set at 5 picocuries per liter. And that's the only guideline that the wastewater treatment plant operators have to reference for NPDES permits, though they have no real-time monitoring for radium. Pennsylvania state records show that fracking wastewater, aka produced water, flowback, or brine, from unconventional drilling can be as high as 26,600 picocuries per liter for radium-226. Pennsylvania landfills have made it possible to take this wastewater and store it as residual waste by using machines or wood chips, which turn it into a solid. While Public Herald's Pennsylvania TNOR map has put the possible impacts of radium entering public waters into perspective, we are still missing 66% of the leachate data regarding the final destination of fracking's T-norm waste. Why? Though it contains hazardous materials, oil and gas waste is not considered hazardous by the EPA. In 1988, in the Resource Conservation and Recovery Act, Benstel and Bevin agreements, the EPA declared that even though oil and gas waste contains toxic heavy metals, carcinogens, and radioactivity, regulating the waste as hazardous would cause a severe economic impact on the industry and on oil and gas production in the U.S. Norm and T-Norm from oil and gas operations are also not covered by other federal regulations governing radioactive material, including the Atomic Energy Act. That leaves it up to Pennsylvania to track oil and gas radioactivity as residual waste and send it to the same landfills as household trash. According to the DEP, the agency is tracking how much T-norm is coming into a landfill by limiting the amount that a landfill can receive in a given year. But DEP is not tracking how much T-norm is leaving a landfill via leachate to the wastewater treatment plant. The DEP says that the transaction is private between the two entities, the landfill and the treatment plant. When we told Dr. Julie Weatherington Rice a semi-retired earth scientist with a Ph.D. in soil science and adjunct professor for Ohio State University about DEP's landfill tracking system for T-norm. She said, DEP has no way of knowing what's going in to a landfill in a given year using gatepost radiation systems for trucks to pass through and handheld Geiger counters. 
Dr. Weatherington Rice continued, Those gateposts were never designed for that kind of scanning. That when they built those things and designed those things, they're designed for hospital wastes, which are really, really, really hot, but decay really rapidly. Pennsylvania is, is counting on smoke and mirrors for protection because they're not using they're not using the right tests and they're not using the right equipment they don't know what they put in that landfill they may think they do but they don't how much leachate are we talking about from those 30 landfills the numbers we have on record suggest there's millions of gallons of t-norm laden leachate per day traveling across the state so while the tracking system of T-Norm from oil and gas sites to landfills and onto processing facilities by the DEP is key to understanding public health and environmental risks from both short and long-term impacts associated with radioactive waste streams, DEP only has parts of the data with faulty testing and alone is the responsible government agency for this data in Pennsylvania. In 2015, DEP Secretary Scott Perry cited agency data hailing the value of radioactive oil and gas waste rather than addressing its potential health threats. For the cuttings alone, we generated just last year uh, over 2 million tons and uh, about 91% uh, of that went, went to landfills. And there's actually an interesting environmental benefit there. Uh, landfills need to put on what's called a, a daily cover so that basically the trash doesn't continue to blow off the, the, the landfill and, and create problems for the, the community. So what Perry's saying is that instead of using quote-unquote clean soil as a cover for those landfills, they're using this extra waste that they're receiving from the oil and gas industry, uh, which we just talked about, was completely laden with TNOR. In 2016, the DEP released a T-norm study that claimed in a press release, quote, little potential for radiation exposure from oil and gas development, end quote. At the same time, finding examples of T-norm contamination in almost every soil and water sample performed. While the state's press release painted a picture of T-norm safety and containment, the conclusions and details of the study were far from it. The study warned of future problems if T-norm were to continue being introduced to public waters via these wastewater treatment plants. Recent reports like Rolling Stone's America's Radioactive Secret by Justin Noble have re-emphasized how the entire oil and gas industry is radioactive. Noble wrote about a series of recent legal cases that determined with up to 99% certainty that dozens of Louisiana oil and gas workers suffered a variety of lethal cancers from their on-job exposure to radioactivity. The exposures included, quote, inhaling dust and radioactivity accumulated on the workplace floor, their own clothes, and even licking their lips or eating lunch as added exposure, end quote. But the presence of radioactive waste in public waters holds implications for everyone exposed, not just workers. In Southwest PA, significant numbers of rare cancers have sprung up in children, cancers that can be caused by radium, shaping concern in the counties with the state's highest oil and gas productivity. In the Canada McMillan School District in Washington County since 2008, there have been at least six cases of Ewing sarcoma, 
a rare bone cancer that usually affects ages 10 to 20. There are only 200 to 250 cases of Ewing sarcoma in the United States each year. In April 2019, the Pennsylvania Department of Health published a report refuting the presence of a cancer cluster in the district, stating that the rates were not consistently or statistically higher than expected. In June 2020, a statewide grand jury report called for a full public health assessment of fracking, announcing systemic problems across the state. The report references the industry's radioactive materials, calling for an improved system of transporting potentially radioactive fracking waste. But the word T-norm is not mentioned in the 102-page report. According to the Attorney General Josh Shapiro, the DOH has agreed to make more of an effort to address the problem from fracking by allocating $1 million a year for a three-year study. Laura Dagley, the medical advocacy coordinator for Physicians for Social Responsibility in Pennsylvania, spoke to DOH Secretary Dr. Rachel Levine after Shapiro's grand jury announcement. Daigley told Public Herald the DOH isn't targeting T-norm during their study. She says, quote, We have urged the DOH to address this current health threat with a sense of urgency to protect Pennsylvanians. While the DOH has announced a three-year investigation into the increased cancer cases in the region, they have decided to exclude any analysis of radioactivity, end quote. Daigley's concern is that high levels of radium exposure are known to cause malignant bone tumors. She says, quote, This decision by the DOH ignores current research and the wishes of public health organizations and impacted community members. It follows a pattern of a passive response to health concerns surrounding the industry. It ignores the growing concerns outlined by the work of the Public Herald and Justin Noble. I said in a July 1st uh, Public Herald News Coup broadcast that these state agencies have been able to dodge this T-norm issue for years. Uh, my co-founder, Melissa Troutman, agreed with this, stating that the DEP's lack of action under the leadership of Perry has and will continue to negatively affect communities across the state. She said, quote, DEP has been complicit in the cover-up of just how radioactive this industry is, end quote. Despite DEP's lack of transparency, the department has recently acted on issues regarding landfill leachate, not addressing T-norm. In November 2019, Public Herald sent an email to DEP inquiring about three specific facilities, the Keystone Sanitary Landfill, the Westmoreland Sanitary Landfill, and Cavanta Environmental Solutions. DEP never responded to Public Herald, but cited two of the facilities for violations shortly thereafter. On December 11, 2019, DEP fined Cavanta Environmental Solutions $400,000 for violations dating back to 2016. Then, in February 2020, Westmoreland Sanitary Landfill received a $24,000 fine for violations involving the improper handling of shale gas drilling waste. This new section in the article looks to whether there's going to be hope for ending T-Norm's loophole. In Pennsylvania, a landfill must obtain federal approval from the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency to transport leachate under a National Pollutant Discharge Elimination System permit. If the leachate ends up at a sewage plant or a private treatment facility, as it often does, 
It is handled at that treatment facility under a different state-issued NPDES permit approved by the DEP. The DEP's Nipides permit doesn't acknowledge whether the leachate contains fracking waste, and there's no requirement to test for radionuclides. This leachate loophole was revealed in Public Herald's 2019 investigation. State law has allowed fracking's radioactive waste to enter a landfill, but the radioactive material and toxins in leachate that leave that landfill are not tracked since they are no longer classified as fracking waste. As Neil Shader told Public Herald, it's a private relationship between the landfill and the treatment authority. The agreements between a, a landfill and a wastewater treatment facility uh, for volume and content of leachate uh, is an agreement worked out between those two private entities. Uh, and, and no, DEP does not oversee those. That private agreement of fugitive radioactive material and leachate taken by a treatment plant from a landfill has been discharged to the waters of Pennsylvania for nearly a decade. When Pennsylvania State Representative Sarah Inamorado, out of Pittsburgh, got a hold of the leachate story in 2019, she drafted new legislation that's now co-sponsored by 20 representatives, which could stop the T-norm-laden leachate from entering public waters. She says, quote, Residents of this commonwealth deserve to know what industry is doing in their backyard and how those activities will impact their future financial and physical health, end quote. Representative Inamorado told Public Herald, quote, trust between the government and its people can only come with access and transparency to the public record. By obscuring access to this data, the DEP is putting the profit-driven, short-term interest of fracking corporations over the long-term health and well-being of the people of Pennsylvania, end quote. That does it for today's show. If you haven't already, be sure to check out the article at publicherald.org. And if you're able, don't forget to share this podcast with your friends so that they can find out what the hell is going on in Pennsylvania. If you want access to all of Public Herald's documentary work, um, you can donate to us at patreon.com slash publicherald. Uh, for just $1 a month, we will give you access to every film that we've produced and you'll get to see uh, private recordings that we've done in interviews like this and other exclusive material that we're releasing at Patreon. News Coup is produced by Public Herald Studios and today's show was put together with Sam Sanson uh, and I'm your host, Joshua Probanek. Our sound design and mixing is done by Dream Louder and the music today is from Heavy Color and Dream Louder. Thank you for listening to News Coup and for supporting Public Herald, where we overthrow the status quo. We will catch you at the next show. Hi, everyone. This is Sam Sanson, one of the producers for News Coup at Public Herald, coming to you from Breckenridge, Colorado. Today's story was edited by Public Herald co-founder Melissa Troutman, with contributions from investigative journalists Kristen Losey and from our team norm team. Science journalist Justin Noble, writer Emma Lickward, investigative journalist Talia Wiener, multimedia wizard Andrew Geller, communication coordinator Olivia Rasmussen, photojournalists Nina Berman and Stephen Rubin, sound engineers Ben Cohen and Sam Waldenberg of Heavy Color and Dream Louder Music, and the map makers at Novare Collective and Frack Tracker. If you have a story to tell about the issues you heard today, contact our team at info at publicherald.org. 
Thank you for listening to the show. 